Today's episode of the two-man power trip of wrestling is dedicated to the life and memory of the Fink, Howard Finkel. Ladies and gentlemen, the winner of this contest and new intercontinental champion, Ricky the Dragon Presentation is a two-man power trip of wrestling podcast production. What's up, guys? It's the phenomenal AJ Styles. You're listening to the two-man power trip. Hi, folks. I'm WWE Hall of Famer Hacksaw Jim Duggan. If you'd like hearing knock-knock jokes or jokes about your grandmother, go somewhere else! Oh! Oh, my God! This is Joey Styles, and you're listening to the Two Man Power Trip Podcast. This is Cody Rhodes, and you are listening to Two Man Power Trip. Good. How you doing, Chad? Hey, Johnny. Cool, man. What's going on? We ready to go or what? This is a uh, special visitor to hardcore legend, Mick Foley. It was a very rough feud to go through with Rick. It was a very bitter feud, too. He certainly didn't like me at that time, and I didn't like him, and we were both trying to be at the top. I don't do many wrestling shows anymore, probably because I'm a bit ignorant. You guys probably know ten times more than I do. Look, Mean Gene, I can't beat me. I'm the greatest of all time. And I would say that, and every kid up, they knew they could kick the out of me. At this point, well, I'll be at a signing, and little kids will come up to me and throw up the click sign or talk about, oh, your ladder match with Sean at WrestleMania 10. And I go, wait a minute, you weren't even a glimmer in your dad's eye. But yeah, bro, it's really flattering and, and amazing and humbling. Great talking to you guys. It's been your pleasure. <laughs> They've worked in and around the wrestling business. They've studied thousands of hours of wrestling, and now they bring to you the greatest legends, Hall of Famers, creative minds, and both current and future stars of pro wrestling. They are Primetime Pod and Chad, the two-man power trip of wrestling. My guest at this time is the man that will face Butterbean 
at WrestleMania. He is the winner of the 1998 Brawl for All. Please welcome Bart Gunn. And King, here comes Bart Gunn, who is in action last week on Raw. He was involved in an interesting matchup against his former partner, Hardcore Holly. It, it was for the Hardcore Championship, and it was an interesting match. I mean, they used everything from bananas to flour to tables to chairs. And Hardcore Holly was in control when a masked man came from out of nowhere and took Hart, old Bart Gunn out of the matchup. Oh, yes, threw him right off of that ramp into that table and left him laying. Hardcore Holly picked up the victory over Bart Gunn and retained the Hardcore Championship. Who was that masked man? Well, Bart, WrestleMania, you got a professional fighter going to be going against Butterbean. He's got a hell of a punch. Do you think you can knock this man out like you did everybody else in a brawl for all? Well, JR, you know, I'm not training just to beat him. I'm training to knock him out. I noticed you're having a little trouble looking me in the face. Yeah. You know, you know, a lot of people around here in the WWF seem to have trouble looking at JR's face these days. You know, folks. When my mama died in December, the next day I got Bell's palsy for the second time. They told me that I'd be uh, get my chair back right over there when I got ready. Well, I was ready, Bart, at the Royal Rumble. I was ready to go back to work. And they flew me and my wife out to California from Connecticut. It was going to be a happy day for the Ross family. And by God, we needed some happiness. They told me late on Saturday night, oh, JR, we don't want you to go back to work now. You're not ready because nobody wants to look at your face. Nobody wants to look at you, JR, because your, your paralysis in your face. I had to go back up and tell my mother or my, my wife, I was like, where to God, I could tell my mother that I wasn't going to get my job back. How do you think, Bart, that made me feel? Well, JR, you know, I'm very sorry about your condition, but what has that got to do with me? It's got every damn thing to do with you. Remember a guy by the name of Dr. Death, Steve Williams? The guy you told everybody was my boy, JR's boy. You even called me and said, JR, am I going to get heat with you for knocking out your boy before the brawl for all? But first of all, he ain't no boy. He's a man. He's a man. And so you knocked him out. That wasn't no big deal. I think it was a lucky punch in my view. But the big deal was, not that you knocked him out, but you told all the boys in the back that you knocked out JR's boy. You told everybody that you humiliated JR, you embarrassed JR. Wasn't that a funny thing? I got one over on OJR. And 20 damn years in the business, Bart, 20 years in the business, you tried to take away from me with your ridicule. Listen, look at me in the face and I'll talk to you. What Show you me doing? a little bit of respect, will you? Show me some respect. Because I want you to look at me in the eye when I do what I have never done in my career, and I slap the hell out of something. What is he doing, Mike? What? Go ahead. What the hell are you thinking about? What gives you the right to come out here hitting me? I'm not to blame for any of this stuff. Oh, yes, you are. I did my job, and I did it very well. It, it, it. Don't you ever lay your hands on me again, pal. Ever. You're responsible for this, and you know it. Hey, that, 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 That's Dr. Death. Hey. Look out. Oh, that's Dr. Death, Steve Williams. Listen, listen to JR. This is, I don't get it. JR's telling Dr. Death to stomp his ass. Dr. Death to stop Bart Gunn's ass. How do you feel now? Are you mixed up now? How do you feel? How the hell do you feel? I mean, King. Uh, uh, I don't know. Wait. 
to the two-man power trip of wrestling. This is the flagship interview series, a part of the two-man power trip of wrestling's podcasting empire. I am JP John Paz, and today's episode is brought to you by Podcorn. Check out Podcorn.com for the latest and greatest from Podcorn, but stick around later on in the show. You can hear all about Podcorn and a little information that we've got for you exclusively here from the two-man power trip of wrestling and that's later on in this show stick around and listen for that of course today the episode is with former wwe and current aew a play-by-play announcer good old jr jim ross WB Hall of Fame, NWA Hall of Fame, GOAT, greatest of all time, greatest play-by-play announcer of all time, greatest announcer of all time, whatever you want to say, all bundled into one. That is Jim Ross for you. And today we are talking about a myriad of topics. I mean, this is a really, really in-depth, great conversation about many different topics. I mean, really the reason we were talking kind of back and forth before we did this interview was we wanted to talk about Under the Black Hat my life in WWE and beyond his new book that's out there available on jrsbbq.com the website and also of course available on amazon.com as well he can get you an autographed copy if you go to his website if you want that or if you just want the regular old copy you want to read it then you can also obviously get it on amazon as well this is the number one sports book going right now and expect nothing less from jr himself under the black hat is a great great book and a great look Look into what was going on kind of with his time in WB, but post WB, and then with the loss of his wife, Jan, as well. They really, really does a great job of kind of taking you behind the scenes and really behind the doors of, of his life and really opening up and gives you a great, great look. And this is a great tribute to his wife for sure in this book. It's just uh, unbelievable. I can't recommend it enough. Check it out under the black hat. Now, interestingly, I'm saying that because we talk about a million other topics and we kind of circle back to the book almost towards the end because there's so much going on right now in the wrestling world. It's just absolutely insane with this pandemic, this COVID-19, this coronavirus, however you want to phrase it, whatever you want to call it. Everyone's kind of quarantined right now. Everybody's kind of wondering what's going on. Different things are going on and craziness throughout the world, not just in the United States, but throughout the world, but really focusing in on the wrestling world. There's just so much stuff, the empty arena stuff with the Performance Center and WB, the empty arena matches and stuff going on with AEW. And we do get into his most recent voiceover work as he's not actually going to the shows. Like he mentions in the interview, he's 68 years old. He's kind of high risk. He's not going to be headed to the shows anytime soon. He's been off the road for three weeks. And Tony Khan, the great owner that he is of AEW, is okay with that. He's cool with that because JR can just do some voiceover work and do whatever he's got to do to kind of promote and support AEW via voiceovers and kind of just do everything digitally and virtually. So it's actually really cool and a really kind of cool time we're in that we're able to do that technology-wise. Obviously, stinks that he can't be there personally, but he was able to call the main event last night, the old-school empty arena match with Jake Hager and John Moxley, which was a voiceover job he said he did in Norman, not too far from his house, so we really didn't have to travel too much, but he's not going to be traveling to the show, so that's kind of how it's going to have to be done, and when you have that big fight feel, when you have that main event, when you have that thing that you know you need to really pump up big time in professional wrestling there's no voice better than good old jr jim ross to do that and that's why he wanted to call that main event that's why they wanted him to call that main event because he really is that big time fight feel kind of announcer which obviously you know because he is the goat but i just thought um, it was pretty kind of cool of, of them to say hey, you know you can't be here in person but we want you to be a part of this match and you know you're our lead guy so we want you to call it so it was really kind of cool uh, the way that they actually did that and, and the way jr was able to kind of come through and do that via voiceover virtually so besides that we also obviously talk about the many many releases the 30 plus releases of wwe going on right now there's so much craziness going on in the world and WB is kind of uh, adding to it right now I mean they've released 30 plus guys like I just mentioned wrestlers some writers in there some producers agents as well mostly wrestlers were released the cuts are said to save WB around four million dollars per month 
And right now they're not really uh, dying for cash because they have so much in reserve. But I guess business is business, and that's kind of what you got to do sometimes, and that's just uh, the way it goes. But Jim Ross has been in this position before. If you if you know this, he's the greatest guy to ever do the uh, talent relations gig, the head of talent relations for many, many years for the WWE. And he knows this role all too well of kind of signing guys and then the unfortunate role that also brings where you have to release the guys. And sometimes it can work out for the best and sometimes it doesn't. And we talk about in depth, really, really in depth about how it really can either help or hurt a guy and sometimes in some cases it can really help a guy like Moxley who not really was released but he let his contract run out and now look at him the biggest star in AEW being booked way better he's happier creative is better for him so you know who knows a guy like Rusev a guy like Heath Slater might be better off without WWE without on that umbrella who wasn't giving them any good creative and wasn't really doing anything with them so they might be better off and Jim Ross being in this role he really kind of says it's stand up grow up get up don't let this kill you because, you know, you can really kind of get depressed and really kind of get upset about it. But stay positive, stay with it, and you're going to be okay. It's, it's a loss of a job, yes. It's definitely painful. It's definitely depressing. But get up on your feet. Think of something creative. Figure out a way to advertise yourself. Think about a way to kind of market yourself. Think about a way of how you can get up and be better than you were before. Now you're your own creative genius. You're the guy behind your own creative. You're the entrepreneur. You're the independent contractor. You're the one that's going to have to be the person kind of steering the ship and steering the car, whatever you want to say, for your own brand. So this is the time to do it and really, really pick your head up. You've been released, yes, but pick your head up and you can make something out of yourself and don't give up. And that's kind of a big thing that we talk about in this interview as well. And, of course, we do talk about the unfortunate passing of Howard Finkel. Rest in peace to the Fink. One of the greatest ring announcers of all time, if not the greatest of all time. So many things that he kind of innovated and that voice was just kind of etched in my memory. I know that. It's really, really one of those things where it's like, wow, and new World Wrestling Federation champion, the immortal Hulk Hogan or, you know, something to that vein. And you just kind of all those memories, you just kind of think in your head and, and all those cool memories. And we talk about his friendship with Howard Finkel, and we'll talk about a couple cool Howard Finkel stories in there as well, which I think is really, really cool. And then, of course, we do talk about a Brawl for All and Dr. Death Steve Williams, so definitely stay tuned for that. This is just an unbelievable, great interview, and this is actually the fifth time that good old J.R. Jim Ross has joined the show, joining some elite company with Jim Cornette as some five-timers. Awesome. What a list. Total honor, total privilege for us to be able to say that and for us to be able to do that. Also, as far as the two-man power trip of Wrestling Empire is concerned, check us out over on MLW Radio for University of Dutch with Dutch Mantel. Check us out over on Podcast One and Launchpad for Rick Bassman's Talking Tough. Also, check us out on Russo's brand for Shane Douglas' Triple Threat Podcast. And, of course, on our own Potomatic two-man power trip of Wrestling feed, taking you to school with Dr. Tom Pritchard. So right now, I'm going to do a little two-man power trip of wrestling business and then send it on over to good old JR, Jim Rohn. And now, for some TMPT business. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter at Two Man Power Trip and at Wrestling Pal. Subscribe to us on YouTube. Also, subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. Please leave us a review. We would love to hear your feedback. Check out the feed for awesome past episodes, including Bruno San Martino, Sean Michael, Dusty Rhodes, Jerry Lawler, Terry Funk, Goldberg, Ray Mysterio Jr., Arn Anderson, and Glenn Kane Jacobs, and so many more. While you're on the web, visit ProWrestlingTees.com. Yes, that is ProWrestlingTees.com. Visit our store, visit J.J. Dillon's store, Francine's store, and of course, the franchise Shane Douglas store. For all you Android users out there, find us on Google Play and Player FM. For all you iOS users, check us out on TuneIn Radio, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Automatic, and now Stitcher. And of course, check out the Empire. Yes, that is the TMPT Empire now. TMPTEmpire.com for all the latest and greatest on the two-man power trip of wrestling. And now, without any further ado, WWE Hall of Famer, NWA Hall of Famer, the greatest play-by-play announcer of all time. He is good old JR, Jim 
Ross. Please enjoy. on the line right now is a WWE Hall of Famer, an NWA Hall of Famer, the greatest play-by-play announcer of all time. He is good old JR himself, Jim Ross. Jim Ross, welcome back to the two-man power trip. Oh, thanks, John. Always good talking to you. You are uh, kind of talking to us at one of the craziest times ever, pretty much in the history of life during this whole uh, pandemic, right? I mean, it's just absolutely insane what's going on out there right now. Yeah, yeah. Our society's uh, in a in a mess, you know. We've got to all be smart. It's the simplest staying home. It's the simplest staying home. And those issues with what six million six million people applying for unemployment or whatever it is 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 frightening. So uh, the fifteen or twenty, where it was, how many, however, whatever the number was on the WWE uh, issues of April fifteenth, uh, kind of they're not they're not meaningless by any stretch, but they really pale by comparison to a much bigger and more serious situation. Oh, big time. And it's just like, what a crazy, crazy world. Like you mentioned, the the releases yesterday from the WWE, so many, I think it was 30 plus talents, something like that. Is that just a, a hard situation as far as you've been in that situation where you've had to lay off people and talent relations for, is that just an impossible situation to kind of gather yourself through? Yeah, there's no, there's no, uh, there's no fun in it whatsoever. It's worst thing you can do in, in that role is to tell somebody that's <clears throat> worked all their life to get to the WWE, and uh, they grew up watching it. They want to be a star. They want to be a great, you know, like the other their predecessors. To tell them that their their dream for now is over, and that's really how I look at this situation with these talents. They they just got to use this as the opportunity to reset. This is not the end of the world. It's not the worst thing that's going to happen in their career. It's not the worst hand they're going to be dealt in their lifetime. Uh, but they've got to regroup. They've got to stay positive. Don't burn any bridges. Be smart and and uh, try to create. You know, if I if I'm if I'm unemployed, I'm going to be coming up with ideas for the existing companies that, that might use me down the road, and try to give them some ideas on how I can be, best be utilized. Help them do a little bit of the, a little bit of the creative, but. It was a it's a sad day for all those guys and, and and to me, John. Quite frankly, uh, it's an even sadder day that we have to talk about you know uh, the death of Howard Finkel, the first ever employee at WWE, a great friend. Nobody loved pro wrestling that I've ever met more than the Fink. He passed away at 69, and it's just uh, he was a fixture there. And in my run, my 26 years there, Howard was very very prevalent. Uh, always accommodating, a genuinely nice guy. And uh, sometimes one might say that uh, he loved wrestling too much. I don't know. I, I could be accused of that myself. Uh, so Howard's uh, loss is felt by all of us. And uh, God bless him. And, and you know, I just – I covered the last time I got to see him and hug him uh, at a WrestleMania, uh, not, you know, a few years ago. But he's been in bad health, God bless him. So poor, poor Howard. And I uh, am sad to uh, think that he's, he's not going to be around anymore. Yeah, that was such a sad thing to kind of wake up to this morning. That's to, to think on top of everything else. The voice of definitely my childhood for sure. And the greatest announcer to me uh, as far as, you know, doing the ring announcing is definitely the thing. So memorable. Just a epic, iconic voice too, right? I mean, he's paired so well with so many of the great moments in WWF history. Oh, yeah. He can't. You can't hear an introduction of any big match for, for ge- seemingly generations that didn't have Howard's voice attached to it. <clears throat> so, uh, yeah, he was he was the Howard was the best ring announcer that I've ever worked with. 
and I work with a lot of real good ones. You know, our, our Justin Roberts down at AEW is good, a great young ring announcer. Uh, you know, uh, Gary Capetta. I love working with Gary Capetta. He was a consummate pro. But Howard, it all to me, it starts and ends with Howard right now, as far as ring announcers are concerned. He was, he can have the pride that in the business he loves so dearly, he became the very best at what he did, and that was ring announcing. Nobody, nobody was better. And the and knew that everyone kind of stole and uses now, and you always hear that's he invented that. I mean, it's pretty cool that he's an innovator too. Yeah, he was. It stuck, so it got over. And yeah. it's, it's been over for since a lot of people before some of our your listeners were even born. And yeah, he, he established his body of work. He lived his dream, uh, and thank God for that. But he's still it's sure going to be sad to think that he's no longer uh, with us. Absolutely. What's kind of your like most favorite moment of him from maybe your your WWF days? Do you have anything that kind of sticks out of maybe behind the scenes, or it could be in front of the camera as well? Oh, there's so many memories of Howard. Howard was the before the social media craze, before podcasting, uh, before <clears throat> all the Twitter and all, all the other social media stuff. Howard was a, a devout uh, reader. Uh, he consumed a lot of information on the newsletters. So when something would come up, or Howard would think would be newsworthy, you could always expect a knock on your door. And the other thing, I remember one conversation with him. Howard would love to come give you the bad news as well. Uh, and <clears throat> he came to my door, knocked on my door, and I was right in the middle of something. Had my door open, as I usually did. Uh, but he came to my door, knocked on my door. And I, my have been working on payroll, something that was tedious and I need to be really paying attention to, meticulous information. He knocked on my door. I saw my peripheral vision. It's the pink. I said, all right, Howard, who died? Well, hmm. uh, you know, uh, I, wanted, I didn't want to break the news, but uh, <laughs> hmm. so, but that was his role. I'm not saying he, the role was bad by any stretch. But Howard did all kinds of things, keeping up with the business in general, you know, following all the, the trends, that, that put, what, what people were booking, who's getting over, all these type of things. So Howard was a real student of the game. But uh, I, I always expect that knock on the door. And every day, every day, he would bring me the New York Post and the Daily News to my office. Now, he bought them for himself. At, you know, five o'clock in the morning on his way to work because he got Howard would be at work at six or seven, and you could always tell that he'd he'd uh, have breakfast over because you'd find a little piece of egg over here or a bagel, piece of a <laughs> here and there, and so. Uh, but I didn't, you know, what, I didn't I didn't say anything to him about it. But you knew the Fink had breakfast reading the paper, and then when he got through reading the paper, he brought him to good old Jr. and I enjoyed uh, those two New York City papers when I was living in Connecticut. So. A lot of great. Howard is a friend and so accommodating. He wanted to be loved so much. Like I said, the happy news about Howard was he was no more than or no less than, than me or you or any other fan listening. Howard was able to live his dream and his dream job. And to be able to say that is uh, pretty amazing. It's, we're lucky that we all can say that. So when I'm gone, people are going to say, well, OJR did what he loved doing for a long time. So his life was good. And that's how I look at my life. And I'm sure at the end of the day, Howard probably felt the same satisfaction that he accomplished something amazing. He went in the Hall of Fame. He was the first employee ever at WWE. That'll never be taken away from him. Ironically, hired on April Fool's Day. He used to joke about that. So did Vince. But, uh, <laughs> well, you know, it's just coincidental, you know. But Howard right. was a valuable member of the team there. And, but I I, uh, I loved him. He's a he's a real good person. Really was really a good human being. In a business that's not overtly known for its good people, sometimes Howard was always uh, his heart was always in the right place. And nobody, but nobody, loved pro wrestling more than Howard Finkel. Now you mentioned the the releases and and all that kind of stuff going down. Pretty shocking. There's so many guys. Obviously, some guys will be furloughed, and whenever they kind of start events again, like I'm sure the producers and agents will be headed back there. But since there's no real shows going on except for the performance center shows, they may not be needed. But as far as the talent, were you surprised at any of these particular or specific talent that was released from WWE? 
Oh yeah, of course. Uh, you know, they're, they're, they 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 released a lot of people with high skill sets who had, who had here. And one of the reasons that they were released, one has to think, is that they the creative that they were provided didn't click. So that means that they still have the same skill set today. If they're put into the right position with the right company, they can be effective. That's what they need to remember. If I'm a guy like Heath, Heath Slater or Rusev, uh, for example, you know, EC3, and there's all these other guys. There's a lot of other guys. I'm just going off the top of my head. I don't have the list mm-hmm. in front of me. Uh, then uh, uh, they need to be willing to uh, repackage themselves. They need to be ready to. How can I make myself better? How can I? How can I get a? How can I get a different presentation? What ideas do I have? Here's what I always wanted to do. Well, you know, in certain companies like AEW, for example, if you can, you get the opportunity to do that, uh, and you get the opportunity to cut your own promos. Because in AEW, we don't have any writers. So, uh, I, anyway, I, I, uh, I they just got to be willing to reinvent and and to, and hit that reset button and and whatever they do. You know, don't give up on wrestling. Don't be mad at the mistress. Uh, you you, you kind of knew what you're getting into when you got this somewhat volatile business of entertainment and sports. You're no different than an NFL guy. You, you know, who the hell who would have thought that Tom Brady was going to be a Tampa Bay Buccaneer? Right. So you, things happen in all of walks of life, and this business is not immune to that. It is crazy, like you mentioned, like some of those guys, if you think about it, like, wow, how did they not find something creative for them, or how did they not click? Just off the top of my head, I was just thinking, like, Rusev immediately, like, how the hell did they, I mean, he just seems like a perfect kind of bread and butter WWE guy, but, right, I guess sometimes it just doesn't click. Yeah, we don't know what all went on behind the scenes there. Uh, You know, was he challenging to do business with? I have no idea. I've never heard that. But he's a, he'd be a guy in the right position that could do very, very well because he's very skilled. He's worked on his body. Uh, Every time I've met him, he's been nothing but totally respectful and polite and professional. Not a kiss-ass, but very respectful in a manly way. And I always appreciate it. You can see through the phony guys, but he's not a phony guy. So he'll uh, he'll be fine. And it may be, look, this may be a good omen for some of these guys. He said, how do you figure that? Well, you get a chance to reset, and you get a chance to uh, re- reintroduce your product. Remember, John, these guys are independent contractors, and they are their, they're entrepreneurs. Above all things, they're entrepreneurs. So using that entrepreneurial spirit, are you willing to repackage your, your, your product? Are you willing to have a new approach to your product? Uh, advertisers, marketers, entrepreneurs do it every single day. And so now instead of waiting on somebody to come, come give you an idea or waiting on somebody to come give you your lines for a promo, you can start creating that content on your own. And so it'll be fun to see where everybody lands and then how they are brought in, wherever they're brought in. Uh, you know, people say, well, they can go to New Japan. Well, New Japan's not working now either. Right. So, you know, I, we've all we're all dealing. With, I haven't been on the road in three weeks. You know, I've voiced over Moxley and uh, Hager uh, here in Norman uh, at a little audio booth, little audio studio rather. So we're not traveling. I'm not going to travel until this. They're somewhat all clear because I'm 68. You know, my my two granddaughters on Easter Sunday lost their other grandpa to the coronavirus. He was about five years older than me, but. You think I'm going to get on an airplane or two or three to go to work when this stuff is still prevalent? No, I'm not going to do it. And the great news is, is that for me, I had the full support of Tony Khan, the owner of AEW, who called me three weeks ago and said, this is too dangerous, JR. I cannot afford to lose you. I do not want you to get sick. So we'll figure out things for you to do. But in the meantime, hunker down. And that's what I've done. So uh, it's it's just a... It's just the, the the world we live in right now is no, is nothing like it was six months ago, and it may never be that way again. Somebody told me yesterday that if students are not allowed back in their classrooms, specifically talking about high school or excuse me, college, then there will be no football this fall. 
And it makes and you start thinking about well, I, didn't, I didn't want to think of that because I dreaded to hear those words. But if fans can't attend in mass, you know, sitting close together in those 18-inch seats, there's not going to be any sports, at least the people in the stands. And I don't know that some leagues are going to want to do that. I don't have a clue. But it's going to be – our world is changing forever. But I'll tell you this. Those wrestlers, men and women, officials, everybody, their world did not end yesterday. It did not end yesterday. It just gives them a chance to step back, exhale, reset if you choose to. So, uh, you know, Conrad Thompson and I did a new podcast uh, this morning. That's you and I are talking, early this morning. Mm-hmm. Connie gets up early. And Connie, I, I told I kidding Conrad, you know, he and I are like the McGuire twins of podcasting, the world's largest podcasting. Uh, <laughs> I said, the reason you like to get up so down early is that you can't wait to eat breakfast. Uh, like me, I'm ready to roll, man. I'm ready to eat. Uh, but he, we did a, a show this morning uh, on the paywall side of our business uh, talking about all these people. And, uh, you know, Rusev was very prominent in our conversation and how these guys can repackage themselves, how they can readjust their thinking, or they can give up and get out of the business. You've got to do something to make your, your situation better as a performer, uh, as an athlete, your look, your conditioning, all that stuff. Uh, and think about how I can be more valuable. How can I make myself more valuable to my next employer so that this doesn't happen to me again. Great point. Very, very true. They definitely have the potential there. It's just that they got to stay positive and kind of uh, do it themselves. So it's, you know, D- DIY. They just got to get out there and, and re- like you said, reinvent themselves or almost bring something out of them that they didn't show the WWE. Yeah, that's it. They got to be ever put into it. They got to get over the grieving period, man. Uh, I could speak from that personal experience. You, Somehow, some way, you got to battle through to the other side, never forgetting your loved ones that have left you. But you got to move on. We have to move on. I have to move on. We all have to move on when we suffer these losses. And to lose a job is not is not like losing a loved one. Losing a, your your dream job, my God, I want this, and now it's over. It's just over. You know, get over it. Grow up. Stand up, man. How many times in my career have I been knocked on my ass? You have the option. You can lay there and grovel, or you can get your ass up and try to improve your condition. And I've always looked at it that way, and they should too, quite frankly. So uh, I'm not being callous and hard here, but the reality of it is losing a wife or losing your children's grandfather or your grandchildren's grandfather, something like that, that's a whole lot more, that's a whole lot more uh, poignant than losing your gig. So, I mean, what about those other 6 million people in America that are on unemployment, as we mentioned? It's crazy, man. So it's not the end of the world. It's, it's a, the inevitabilities of being a publicly traded company uh, is, has a, there's a lot, there's a, they, they said in the very beginning, when you become a publicly traded company, it's a blessing and a curse. And, and we're seeing now, because of the numbers game, that it is a curse for uh, 30 people, as we as you mentioned, John. I didn't even know how many it was. It's, it's kind of a curse. But mm-hmm. it's also the fact that look at the other side of the coin. Look at how many talents that they retained that are making millions of dollars for work for part-time work. There's a, That's an issue. So all this stuff, in the, in the to me, I might be wrong here, and it sounds like I'm bitching and moaning about it. I'm not. But quite frankly, what was the motivation, John, in your view, of why WWE signed all these people, paid them really good money, and they never had to wait on their checks. The money was always there, but the talents themselves allowed, they, because of the payday, they allowed their growth to stop because they were not being used. You know, yes. what, was the reason, what was the reason, in your view, of signing all these talents? What would you think? Well, I think they signed a bunch of people so that, like, World of Sport in UK, you, you take away that, you take away guys from AEW, take away, you know, like, so they could be the only game in town and almost compete against themselves and have all these guys. And that kind of, right now, looks like it's backfiring because they signed too many guys. Well, yeah, yeah obviously. 
the you know to, to stymie the growth of other companies is not. I don't know how good of motivation that is. I don't know how mm. good of game plan that is. So, uh, but the, the they've got a lot of talents who are making uh, and, and looking for them. Hey, I applaud them, man. Good for them. They're making millions of dollars. Some of them multi millions of dollars, and they're part time. They're part time hands. So I don't know. There's a lot more looking at it. The uh, I was, the conference call for the financials are, are is next Thursday, I think. Mm-hmm. And uh, one would think, well, one would assume, assume assumption is probably the better word, that between now and then, that there may be other uh, developments that could include more talents or could include other things to reduce costs, reduce overhead. So that's what they're trying to do right now, WWE, is trying to reduce overhead. And, and sometimes it's heartbreaking, it's gut-wrenching, but it, for whatever reasons, and I'm not the bean counter there, nothing like that, you know, you got to wonder, how, do we, how did it get in this condition? And if you're saying, well, it, it's the virus, we can't do house shows, we can't do live events, I get all that. But I, I think it's got a lot to do with that, but I also think it has a lot to do just with mathematics. Yeah, absolutely, too many guys. And it looks like with all these releases, the estimate is they're saving like $4 million a month by releasing all these people um, right now. So it's like, whew, crazy that the bottom line is kind of the way it is. But I guess that it's, that's business, unfortunately. Well, when you're signing guys to come back and work part-time, uh, making, as rumored, you know, $3 million a year, <coughs> $4 million a year, <coughs> pardon me, you've got you to evaluate that, too. Yeah, true. No offense to guys like Edge or whatever, but I don't know if he's worth kind of $3 million a year um, on a part-time schedule like that. Well, that's, that's a very subjective uh, theory. Uh, <laughs> I signed him. I love yep. the guy. Yep. I, I truly do. Uh, he's like a, you know, he'd probably be embarrassed. I, I, I connected real good with his mother. We both love the Eagles. It's a little backstory. A nephew or something. Him and Jay both, Jay Wrestling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, we didn't pay them nothing when they started, but that, but we got them for what we could get them for. They were happy to get it because I said, you're not going to make a lot of money with this contract. This is not the contract you want to live with. But you're getting a jersey, man. You're getting in the game. Mm-hmm. Now go play. So, uh, and, and they were they were great in, in the camps and so forth. But they were talented uh, indie wrestlers before I, I hired them. Oh yeah, for sure. But I don't know. I don't know. Who, but point being is, whether it be Edge or any other uh, nameless talent that's making millions of dollars for part-time work, I admire the fact that they get they're getting it. I hope that they're doing two things: saving most of it and paying their taxes. The taxes will never go away. You got to wonder the panic that some of these talents have because, you know, uh, have they paid their taxes? Or, oh no, what am I going to do now? I was counting that next check to do this. Right? You know, I want to, you know, I want to finish this uh, my bathroom remodeling or whatever, financially or emotionally. The financial side is no one's fault but the talents, and uh, the emotional side is probably how we would all respond under these circumstances. Right. He's kind of just the first name I just thought of off the top of my head. I mean, obviously it's Goldberg, Undertaker. I mean, there's a bunch of other part timers making millions uh, and millions. So, I mean, there's there's a lot of talent there that they're paying a lot of money to that aren't working full-time schedules. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, and who knows that they're, you know, like the, the we see pro sports doing it all the time. They renegotiate contracts. It's not illegal. It's not immoral. Right, right. It's just standard business for, for in, a lot of, in a lot of areas. So that could happen. Bottom line is getting laid off is not the end of the day. It's not the end of your life. It is if you do nothing about it. It is if you don't try to improve your your lot in life. It is. It's a big deal. But if you're willing to stand up, dust yourself off, say to hell with this bump in the road, that's all it is, I am going to hit the reset button. And by God, I'm going to come back better than ever. I'm going to have a different, little bit different presentation. I'm going to I'm going to get in a situation in a company that will allow me to be creative with my own self. If they think of it that way, then most of those guys, if they keep their attitudes good, will come out on top. I really believe that. They'll find work. And look, it may be that some of them say, well, you know, I was thinking about doing something else. There you go. 
Now's the time. So it's just a tough, tough time. It really is. And I don't know what more we can say about it. Today's episode is brought to you by Podcorn. Podcorn is a marketplace connecting podcasters to amazing podcast sponsorship opportunities. With Podcorn, there is no middleman. Podcasters of all shapes and sizes can browse and choose opportunities right on the platform, set their own rates, and collaborate with brands directly without any exclusivities. I know firsthand how easy, fast, and just remarkably smooth the process is with Podcorn. Other sites, you got to chase people. You need to find the money. They don't know who to speak to. You're dealing with the third parties that are just completely clueless. Podcorn is so fast, easy, smooth. I love it. You get paid directly. You get paid quickly. And there is no middleman. You are dealing directly with that other brand, talking one-on-one. So it's just so great. The transparency, the creative freedom. You have full control of how to monetize. So check out podcorn.com slash podcasters for more information. Yes, that is podcorn.com. Now, kind of like switching gears, because I want, really want to talk to you about this, because I just talked to Vince Russo not too long ago about this, probably last week, all about the Brawl for All and, and Dark Side of Ring documentary, which you were on a couple times, but really the, the Brawl for All episode. What did you kind of kind of make a, of about the whole thing? I don't know. Did you watch it all the way through? Did you see from the beginning to the end of the documentary? Yeah, I saw it. Uh, well, it's the same thing I said on the show. I was very honest. No one got over. That's what that's where my perspective comes from. Not well, it did a good quarter hour, or it was a good TV product, or all those things. There were there were losses in that process that were unnecessary to have happen. Uh, it was a bad idea, in my opinion. And so this ain't Jr. Lashley Vince Russo. My God, how 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 many times can we ride that horse? You know, I don't have any ill will toward Vince Russo whatsoever, whatsoever. We just didn't have the same philosophy oftentimes on wrestling creative. That's it. So big deal. We disagreed. It's not like Twitter today when you disagree, when you give an opinion, that automatically you're assaulted because your opinion didn't agree with the person responding's opinion. And so you're an idiot. And he's right. That's a bad, that's a bad trend here in our society. So I... I no one, I wanted somebody to get over, or two or three guys to get over. Nobody got over. We had hundreds of thousands of dollars in medical bills. Uh, it just didn't work. That's all. It didn't work. And, and, I, it, and it was, I think it was one of the worst ideas I've ever been involved in because of the, of the, of the casualties, the injuries. It's, you can't just blow off when somebody gets hurt and got to have surgery. We have a lot of guys that are hurt, a lot of guys that, that, that had issues, physical issues, after that competition. So tell me what how, – how can anybody say, realistically, well, it was a good idea? I don't – you can make a case for that, then I've had it. It's just you're going to have a hard time convincing me of that. What about not Vince Russo? What about Vince McMahon? It seems like something that'd be right up his alley. He like he, you know, he's wrestling Kurt Angle on the flights. He's trying to fight Brock Lesnar. He seems like he would love to find out who the toughest guy in the locker room is, right? I mean, Vince McMahon himself. Well, he's an alpha male. He probably would. But still, you know, nobody foresaw that we're going to have a litany of injuries. There was no precedent. Well, the last mm-hmm. time we had a brawl for all, we had three surgeries, two concussions, and whatever. Well, we right. haven't had a ball for it all. You know, this is no different than Bill Watts or, or, or Ole Anderson or any of these guys or alpha male uh, owners, bookers, decision makers. Sure, everybody, it's always fascinating who's the baddest guy in the locker room. Or I wonder how this would go if it was a real fight. So, I, you know, I don't lay that on Vince whatsoever. I mean, you can lay everything on Vince if you choose to. That's real convenient and uncreative, quite frankly. Mm-hmm. But uh, I just – I. We all, hey, look, we all bought in. I announced it. Uh, I, I, you know, I, I didn't like it, but I, I was a team player, and we bought in to support what the owner wanted to do, as we did everything. So that was my MO there. So, uh, yeah, I just, and it's also not right for everybody to pile on Russo this damn thing. I mean, there, right. were a lot of, there were a lot of people involved that could have said something, but 
if one person didn't want to do it or wanted to do it, it wouldn't have mattered what the group said. And and nobody and a lot of people. I, I was intrigued by the idea, but it was a cluster. And it just again, at the end of the day, uh, you want if you don't try to always get talent over, you can forget about those minute by minute ratings because they ain't gonna happen. And the thing that really kind of I didn't like about it was the, the rules or the, the kind of what they presented as the rules. The boxing gloves, I mean, that's okay, but it's probably better off with the MMA gloves, right? I mean, it was, to be honest, yeah. not to make not to make excuses for Dan Seven or Dr. Death or anything, but those guys are wrestlers. They need their hands. They should be able to grip guys and wrestle. Yeah, but again, John, no precedent. We can all mm-hmm. analyze it very intelligently today, 2020, mm-hmm. right? Yep. We can all be experts. Oh, I'm a genius. I look back at it, well, you could have done that. Of course we could have. But again, it was a new, we're traveling a new road. Had no, it's like this, it's like this damn virus, man. Oh, we're gonna do, we're gonna open up by May first. Well, you're an idiot. You got no clue you're gonna open up. I saw yesterday where 600 more people died in New York. We had eight die yesterday in Oklahoma in our little wide spot in the road. This is not over, and nobody knows when it's gonna be over. The the brawl for all was an entity that was created that had never been done before. So all of a sudden, it gets a big check mark by the box. New. First time ever, all that stuff. But right. no, nobody could foresee the the rash of injuries that we had. Crazy. And nobody kind of foresaw Bard Gunn winning it either, which is like crazy. Just If you just look at the, all the guys, he was probably one of the underdogs for, for sure. Bard Gunn's one of the nicest guys we ever had on our roster. I'm, I'm, and I really – Feel badly that he's been convinced apparently that there was a conspiracy going on, uh, where you know Doctor Death was going to be the, gonna, he, he was the anointed winner of a shoot. Uh, get, get to figure that out, and uh, uh, that you know he had, we he, the winner was going to get a, a run with Austin. That, that's never been that was never discussed. That's wrong. We brought we, Bruce Pritchard and I were instrumental in bringing Doc in, and we we thought, well, maybe the old doctor, after all his bumps and bruises, his past is prime. But we we loved the guy. Uh, he he was great to be around in the locker room. He had a great reputation. We thought, well, maybe just maybe, like we did with Mick Foley pairing him with the Undertaker when when we didn't. When a lot of the consensus was don't hire Mick Foley, and then all of a sudden he gets for the Undertaker and they make magic time and time again, and mixed careers launched. Well, I didn't know if we could catch lightning in the bottle the second time, but we thought, well, maybe Dr. Death would have an interesting run, a, 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 a program, a hit, shoot the angle, build it, blow it off, program with Austin, because Austin was like our Bruno. When you have a baby-faced territory, as a booker, you're obligated to have a heel factory. If you're going to invest all this money and all this time and all this effort into your your star champion, and he's a babyface, you better not screw yourself and your talent by not having opponents ready to step in to work with that person on an ongoing basis, just like back in the day. I was telling about this. I thought Conrad talked about this in our podcast. WWE would bring – WWF, WWF would bring in guys that were, you know, Skandar Akbar was brought in to have a one – Garden run with Bruno and uh, Skandar Akbar in the little uh, Oklahoma territory was a part-time main eventer, semi-main eventer, manager, but he certainly wasn't the best heel we had. And I love the guy. Don't get me wrong. And he's five nine, big, big thick. Well, they're, they're, he, he went to the TVs in, in, in Allentown or wherever it was while he was still working for a, for a cowboy. And then Bruno got his neck broken by Stan Hansen. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so that killed the push of, uh, uh, of of Akbar. But my point is, WWWF are bringing guys who are middle cards, skills, safe workers, solid workers, good good locker room guys, like Akbar was. And they would get a win, 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 win. And then finally, promo, boom, Bruno. So, and you hope to get, you know, Cowboy told me that your goal was to get one in the garden with Bruno, which is a big thing. And Watts got three with him. So, because Bruno liked Cowboy, Cowboy was a 300-pound heel that could relievably beat Bruno, uh, at least in the eyes of the fans. So, 
don't know where we were on that thing, but nonetheless, I, I, uh, it's just guys can be repackaged, they can be rebuilt, but these guys that are now on, on, uh, available, they should think for themselves, how can I make myself better? How can I make myself valuable to Ring of Honor? I'll give them some ideas. Bing, bing, bing. How can I make myself valuable to MLW? Here's some ideas. How can I make myself valuable to AEW, national TV show? I get back on the map quick if I can hit. Well, why don't you think about hitting? Why don't you think about how you're going to improve those hits? How you get your batting average up? How are you going to reinvent? There's where we are right now, John. It's, it's, that, it's that simple. And I sound cold and callous because I'm a former EVP of that department and had to deal with this stuff. But it's mm-hmm. not the end of the world. It's just not. How do you think about AEW and what's going on? I know you said you obviously did the voiceover last night for uh, Moxley and Hager's main event for AEW, but how do you feel about how they're handling the whole situation? Great. What more can we do? Go dark? That's one alternative. That's one alternative. Go dark. Mm-hmm. Or you continue to do what you're doing. If you've got better ideas on how to get first-run wrestling programming on TV other than what we're doing, I'm sure Tony Khan would love to have a chat with you. <laughs> I don't, I, we, I don't know what more yeah. we can do. You know, uh, I don't know what more we can do. Uh, quite frankly, I think they're doing a good job. I think, I think having some of the talents at ringside just to have a little ambiance is a good idea, a real good idea. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, we didn't do that with Mox and Hager, but none the, uh, that's not my call. You know, I, I didn't. I didn't. Not saying I would have. Probably wouldn't. Have. They wanted, If those guys came to Tony Khan, we want to do a, a legitimate authentic, old-school, empty arena match, then give them the benefit of the doubt and give them a try. And that's what he did. And I thought those guys worked their asses off. He showed you how tough uh, both of those men were. They're, 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 they're on concrete more than they're not. They're laying their punches in. They, they work snug. You can hear flesh on flesh. But again, in our society, it'll be overanalyzed. Oh, well, you know, I thought, well, here's what I would have done. No, you would have done shit. Hmm. You would have right. done that because you're not in a position to do, to do anything. So don't, you know, it, what, what would be your solution? You'll get a lot of problem identifiers in this world, especially on social media, but very few of them are along those solutions. I feel like Moxley, if you really look at it and look at, like, the releases and stuff, he would be, like, the prototypical, prototypical example of, like, all right, maybe he he obviously wasn't released because his contract expired, but, like, the situation was, like, I'm going to go somewhere else and the grass can be greener on the other side. Because he's been, I think, a bigger star in AEW, and, and he's been booked brilliantly. His promos have been better. Everything about him, I feel like he's really stepped really up his game up. in AEW. Because the system allows the talents to grow. The system in AEW allows the talents to aggressively contribute to their own creator. It's that simple. He had a score to settle. He had a chip on his shoulder. He's probably always had a chip on his shoulder. He's, John Moxley is the closest thing to Stone Cold to the Stone Cold. He resonates with the people. He's got a very unique aura about him. Uh, I think he's a perfect individual to be the face of AEW right now. And so and that's, that's what guys are hearing. That's, you know, that's one of the reasons, you know, that uh, uh, Luke Harper, which is not Luke Harper anymore, we know. Um, Brody Lee, yeah. Oh, yeah, Brody. Brody came back in great shape, looking good, great gear, you know, physical, athletic, big man. And uh, there's always a, a desire for those. So, uh, but they get to play, they have to call some of their own plays. They get to work on their own promos. They don't have a, they don't have a, a 20 or 30 something year old writer who's not had that many life experiences uh, telling them what they should say in a fighting tone, entertainment tone, comedy tone, different different deal. But in a wrestling side, a wrestling vernacular of that matter, uh, writers are not sometimes your greatest friends. The, but the, the, the guys like Pitt Finley are your greatest friends. But look, Dean Malenko, Jerry Lynn. You know, we got, you know, I, the work that Jerry Lynn and Dean Malenko do in AEW is, is, not, is never discussed much by the public. But those guys are invaluable to our, our company. Coaches, that's what they were called. They're not producers or agents, they're coaches. So, I, I, and I like that term. So, <clears throat> it's all good. And, you know, certainly in the, in, under the black hat, we talk a lot about philosophy, things of that nature to, in wrestling. Uh, we still got that great offer at jrsbbq.com. 
for all of our sauces and things. But uh, the book can be personally autographed. You tell us what you want me to inscribe on it. I'll pay the shipping in the lower 48. Uh, we'll get a customized bookmark that we have made for this promotion. So it's still ongoing. So if anybody wants to buy a signed book, I'll be happy to take care of you. I'll take care of the mail. And uh, it's jrsbbq.com. Of course, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Walmart.com, wherever books are sold, uh, have will have the book. It's doing really well. I'm grateful, really, really grateful, because it allowed me it allowed me to give that last public hug to my late wife, and she deserved it. Absolutely, yeah, unbelievable. And we were so many other topics, so many other things. The main reason we wanted to talk today was about under the black hat. Your and we, we, there's just so much craziness and all this other stuff going on. So how's the book been doing? It's been doing pretty successful. It looks like so it, far. It's number one selling sports biography on Amazon. Yes. That's pretty good, and I'm very blessed, very thankful for that. So it's doing great. And, you know, uh, look, I made a, a positive out of, an, a, a, out of a negative. The bookstore's closed, John. Yeah. So unless you've got a key, you ain't getting in the bookstore to buy my book. So what do we do? Well, we refocus our marketing. We repackage what we're our game plan. You know, I had massive plans for WrestleMania week. Nothing could have nothing. I just sold one book. So we went the other way. We were using uh, digital. You can buy my books. Uh, you can have them in 30 seconds on uh, the e-books. You can, have it, you can have it in a matter of seconds, a heartbeat or two on uh, the audio book, which I read. Or you can call, you can do, call, you know, you can uh, email me or log on to our website and order it, and I'll have it delivered to your front door. So we've overcompensated for the lack of the bookstores being open. And so we're going on with Plan B, and it's working famously. So I got nothing to complain about. There's a lot, like I said earlier at the very beginning of this, there's a lot more important issues right now in our life in our world than how many under the black hats Jr. is going to sell, and uh, who got laid off from WWE this week. Right, but a lot of people are kind of home and looking for stuff to do, and they're always looking for that next entertainment kind of thing to maybe to read or to watch. Or but I highly suggest under the black hat. Like you said, jrbbq.com, or check it out on Amazon. I mean, if people have a lot of free time, they can definitely uh, spend it reading the book from the GOAT, the greatest uh, announcer of all time. There's no doubt about that. All right, John. I appreciate you very much. I appreciate your time today, and always good talking to you. Yeah, great talking to you, Jerry. You have yourself a good one. Thank you so much. I appreciate it all the time. Anytime, buddy. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the two-man power trip of wrestling. What the world is downloading.